This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here. Live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin, and his name is Aaron McIntyre. Their names are Constitution Wealth. Make sure to check out our friends there. Together, they will work with you to create a financial plan that is based on your values because when you align your principles with your portfolio, you can not just profit, but profit. See what I did there? Go to investwithcw.com slash Steve. That's invest with CW for Constitution Wealth. Investwithcw.com slash Steve. All right, we've got two guests lined up for you today. I'm going to be a part of a special medical freedom conference coming up in Boise at the beginning of June. We'll give you a preview of that with Brian Festa from We the Patriots USA, who is hosting said conference. So looking forward to that. Fake news or not, next hour. It is clear now that Tucker Carlson is firing shots across Fox News's bow. At least that's my read of it. We'll see if you guys think it is fake news or not. And on Friday, I've not seen the Monday numbers yet, but on Friday, MSNBC beat Fox News in every time slot, prime time, by an average of 30%. That folks is an implosion that is an implosion and so there's a story in axios and i think it is uh i in full disclosure i have communicated with tucker in the last few days i will keep the communication private there was nothing earth shattering okay um clearly he's made his way down the text list to get back to me <laughs> all right but that but it, there was nothing about any of this so i I'm, when i give you this opinion it is not has nothing to do with any communication him and I recently had. Just me reading the tea leaves. I think that he is firing, or at least people supportive of him, are firing a shot across Fox News's bow and saying, we can do this all day. Did the hemorrhaging see, won't stop. Do you see Rupert Murdoch's son like came out and did <laughs> full Baghdad Bob? Like, everything's great. Everything's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he just realized his old man stuck him with a lemon. <laughs> he was probably thinking the old man's going to hand this off to me and my family, and we're not going to play out succession in real life. We're going to sell this mofo and ride off into the sunset with a lot of coin. Come again? And now we've you tarnished, fired who? Exactly. Now we just tarnished our own brand. <laughs> and so the, we, we had a billion dollar stock devaluation. Disney says, hello. All right. And now how the hell are we going to sell this thing with on its current trajectory and i mean somebody asked me the other day about kaylee mcenany she was apparently she is who's doing it they had lawrence b jones good guy kaylee mcenany she did a good job with the trump administration yes. for sure i think she's filling in this week and someone asked me what i thought about her as a fill-in i said i don't think it matters i mean the, the message has been sent that if you take this gig you are a company person you've been reined in whether that's true or not, and the only way that you could prove it's not is to actually do the exact kind of stuff that got Tucker yeah. 
crap exactly. listed. Exactly, that's such a okay? good point. And so, I, I mean, they have tarnished their own brand. It's not, this wasn't some Bill O'Reilly personal scandal or Roger Ailes personal scandal, and they just cut cord, rip cord, and, and purged a bunch of people and moved on. They got rid of the guy because he was telling too much truth. And so the assumption then you can, but it's just deductive reasoning. If you are given that gig, it's because you have agreed you will not tell as much truth. Otherwise, why would you get rid of Tucker? Just keep cashing the check and getting four and a half million viewers a night, right? And so we'll get into this coming up for fake news or not next hour at the bottom of this hour. Pastor Jack Hibbs is going to join us from Calvary Chapel Church in Chino Hills, California. But let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Republicans vow to fight this time. I promise. No, really. 43 Senate Republicans have signed a letter led by Mike Lee, which states they're uninterested in voting to raise the debt ceiling until substantive cuts to spending are made. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is slated to meet with Joe Biden today to discuss what, if any, concessions the White House is willing to make as the country heads towards default again. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says raising the debt ceiling while trillions of dollars in debt is just like making a car or mortgage payment. If you buy a car, you are expected to pay the monthly payments. If you buy a home, you are expected to pay the mortgage every month. That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth or spending that you may have done before, and now you're paying it every month. If you do not pay your car payment, if you do not pay your mortgage payment, then your credit is going to be bad. So let's look at Congress for a second. This is telling them or saying to them, do your job. Absolutely stunning video continues to pour in, showing hordes of illegal aliens at or near the southern border. This video was purportedly taken in Juarez, Mexico, not far from the El Paso, Texas border crossing, showing illegals as far as the eye can see. In Texas also, we're now being led to believe the Allen, Texas mall shooter was a Latino neo-Nazi, thanks to purported postings of his from an Eastern European social media website, where he claimed Tim Pool and libs of TikTok, among others, were inspirations. Or, as the red-headed libertarian on Twitter so aptly put it, so I'm clear on this, a Jewish lady and a milquetoast fence-sitter radicalized a Mexican neo-Nazi from a Russian website into slaughtering white Texans, according to the CIA operative who broke the story. Speaking of deep state escapades, Tucker Carlson went on Tulsi Gabbard's show recently and had this stunning admission, the deep state spies on members of Congress. I had a very high ranking, very high ranking member of the House Intel Committee tell me at dinner at a restaurant in Washington when he'd been drinking, we got to talk about this. And I said, oh, I'll text you. He goes, I, I can't text. And I said, why is that? And he goes, well, because NSA reads my text. And I said, NSA reads it. Wait, you're the head guy on the intelligence committee, you're their boss. You're providing oversight in our constitutional system. He's like, yeah, but you know, they're still spying on me. Donald Trump has been given a gag order by a New York City judge preventing him from posting evidence on social media related to the phony felony charges he was given last month. And now an absolutely horrifying story out of, again, Texas. In plain view, multiple reports started going viral over the weekend regarding a girl in first grade at the elementary school there who was sexually assaulted by multiple young boys and filmed on a school-issued iPad while a teacher was reportedly in the room. Parents of the little girl only found out about what happened after the girl stopped sleeping, seemed anxious, and acted not herself. Parents asked her what was wrong, and she, not the school, told them. 
Classes were canceled at Plainview Elementary yesterday and again today amid protests from parents wanting to know why the school did absolutely nothing about the alleged sexual assault. The school said it feared threats of violence to teachers and staff and is working with law enforcement to evaluate those supposed threats. So the school is more concerned about their safety after they failed to stop or even report a six-year-old girl being forced to perform a sex act on another student while a teacher was present. Heinous. Heinous stuff. Meanwhile, in Carlisle, Iowa, Todd took his local school board to task last night over their repeated lack of action over chronic harassment of his family and also failing to inform the community about a felony sex crime between a former staffer and student. So school choice is a big deal in this legislative session. So why would I want to switch schools? I don't know. Well, Amy Ramsey, you actually came out public and said transparency. This is the important thing. You said so publicly. Let's talk about transparency in this district. Because I agree, I just don't think you do, or you, or you, you. Because right now, for more than a year and a half, this administration, this board has told the public nothing about a felony sex crime between staff and students. Nothing. The, the committee, we told you that you was hidden private, uh, the names were held private to approve that porn. We got FOIA involved. We were right. You were wrong. Now, the only question is, that was illegal, illegal the entire time. You cannot have private committees like that. Why did you do it? Do you not know your own policy? Or do you just not care? I'm used to you not caring about policy in this district. Good grief, your athletic director. I've caught him breaking policy so many times. Your predecessor reversed uh, his decision multiple times. But there I show up to my kid's banquet. You were there. Who was waiting for me? Because Darren Trick wanted the, the police. You were at the game where my daughter's hand was broken. I just asked him to look into it. He refused to answer my emails. I then asked you to help me do something about it. You initially said you'd meet with me, and then you said you wouldn't. That doesn't sound like transparency to me. We also have uh, the, the teacher ahead of the Gay Straight Alliance who spearheaded uh, the push to get porn put in the schools. All of a sudden now, She's resigned in the middle of a semester, and she's suspended permanently from Twitter. Let's be transparent about that. I just don't, it's just words unless you stand up for it. So this is why my kids are leaving this district. And finally, this from Old Murica on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't really let the politics affect me. I, you know, I've been drinking it my whole life, and it hasn't changed me, so. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> that's very good. Did not see that one coming. Um, Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. Find out for yourself why they've gotten so many outstanding reviews from you in our audience with their thunderstorm air purifiers available now. Kills mold, mildew, bacteria, viruses. Doesn't just freshen the air. Uh, it kills a lot of the stuff that makes your air not seem fresh. All right. Get the three pack right now for whole home protection. Three units, all three for under 200 bucks. You can't beat it. Way less than a lot of their competitors on 
the market. Plus, they throw in free shipping as well. So get the three-pack for under 200 bucks plus free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. Once again, that's EdenPureDeals.com and put in the discount code Steve for the special offer and the free shipping. All three units for under 200 bucks and free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Steve. All right. In the overtime today, because we are having a doubleheader of guests, Pop Culture Tuesday is getting pushed to the overtime today. The worldview of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It, we're not quite in the original Wonder Woman territory here. But by the time we got to the end of the movie, I asked myself, do, like we did the summer of 2017 with Wonder Woman, do they understand what they're saying? Did they know? Because the timeliness of this, literally the villain is a transhumanist, literally doing trans experiments on species in an attempt to perfect humanity. Not even the slightest exaggeration. That's exactly who the villain of the, of the movie is. Do they know? I mean, there were times I was looking around the theater, I'm like, am I only one picking... Picking up with their laying down here, or is this just my imagination? But we'll get into this in Pop Culture Tuesday today for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber now for just $10 a month. blazetv.com slash dace, and that's also where you'll be able to go later today to watch that overtime at blazetv.com slash dace. All right, let us get to what is in Aaron's montage. I want to state this on the record right now in the hopes that it is not true, but to come back to it later. And hat tip to our good friend, Julie Kelly at American Greatness. She was the first person I knew, I know of, to raise this. And then when I looked at why she raised this as a possibility, I uh, completely gravy trained off of her take and agreed that there will be a perp walk indictments and arrests in Trump's future. She was the first person I know of to make that analysis. And no one has covered what's gone on with the January 6th prisoners and detainees more than she has. Um, she is, she's almost a one-person reason why that story didn't die in the days after January 6th. And then other people, I think you mentioned Darren Beatty at Revolver, once Aaron, other people have come along and and amplified the story for sure. But, but I mean, she was, um, she's the Marco Polo of this story. She was, you know, she was on that frontier first. The gag order with Trump yesterday. I I am adamant. 12% of Manhattan voted for Donald Trump. And that is... That is the jury pool that the grand jury that indicted him a month and a half ago came from. On What is it, 34 felony counts? Yep. That is the same jury pool that he will be tried from. He can try to bypass a jury and go right to the judge. Have you guys looked at who the judge is in this case? No. Yeah, he's exactly what you probably think mm-hmm. he is, which is why they are appealing to him for a change of venue. Think he's going to say yes? No. Probably not. He's going to be convicted. Of one, all 34 felonies, he's getting convicted. He's convicted now, actually. He is convicted right now. It just hasn't been formally announced yet. Julie has also raised the possibility of DOJ indicting Trump over the national security documents, the Mar-a-Lago raid, 
DOJ indicting Trump and then indefinitely detaining him as they have many of the January 6th um, non even nonviolent protesters on the grounds of some form of sedition. That he's a dangerous seditionist. Now, my guess is Trump would get relief or at least a hearing at the U.S. Supreme Court that none of the rest of them have been able to get because of the uniqueness of this case and what he, uh, of course, represents as a presidential candidate. But I'm not entirely confident of that. It would be a guess. If I were wagering odds, I saw today Ron DeSantis was only 14% to win the presidency on the presidential markets. I'd be betting that. Now, we can't bet political markets in Iowa, where I live. If we could, I'd be betting that. Not because right now I even think he'll be the nominee. If I had to predict right now, I would not predict he'll be the nominee. I do think there's a better chance he'll be the nominee than most other people do, though, because of how this, the process actually works. We don't have a national primary. We have, um, we have Iowa, New Hampshire, winnows the field. And usually the field, like our good buddy Chad Connolly, or my good buddy Chad Connolly, former Faith Outreach Director from the RNC, reached out to me last night and said, hey, man, South Carolina's got an even better record of picking presidents than New Hampshire does. And he's a story. He's right about that. But one of the reasons why is because the field is usually winnowed down after Iowa and New Hampshire. All kinds of people typically would drop out. And so we kind of know going into South Carolina who the top tier is. Iowa and New Hampshire will determine the top tier. You kind of know who that is going into South Carolina and beyond. But I was also on a campaign that won South Carolina pretty resoundingly in 2012 and didn't win the nomination. That's Newt Gingrich. But he's historically correct. But, but that's because the field has been winnowed down typically. But I, I would bet Ron DeSantis at 14%. Just as a value play, the odds are too good. I mean, if you look at the ABC News Washington Post poll that had Trump destroying Biden in that poll, DeSantis is winning by the exact same margin. Which almost indicates Biden's negatives might be approaching a territory that generic Republican filling a name is beating him. It's just a matter of what name beats him by more than others. Here's why, I, here's why I'm saying that more, most of all. I think there is just as good of a chance that at this time next year, Donald Trump is wrapping up the Republican nomination for president as there is. Um, he can't run for president. I, I don't think they care about your threats. Um, they'll just round you up. The, the social compact is broken. It doesn't exist. So any of the stuff that you are accustomed to political parties not doing, particularly on the Democratic side, not doing in the past out of a fear of reverb or blowback by pushing the other sides doesn't exist. It still exists to some extent on the Republican side. But when Republicans tell you it's because they are afraid of uh, firing up the Democratic base, that's not what they that, that, that might be what they say. It's not true. What they really mean is we hate our own base. That's actually what that means. We just hate our own base. We're just going to triangulate off of fear of the Democratic base instead, rather than just making the Fox News mistake of just openly telling you we hate you. That's the mistake Fox News made. Uh, we hate you. We want you to know it. You know, Mitch, you can tell, is done. I mean, he could retire any day now. So Mitch isn't lying to you anymore. I mean, Mitch is just, I think he's enjoying dunking on you, actually. I mean, he's held that spite for you many, many years, personally. Now he's just going to let it rip on his way out the door.
So when Republicans say they're afraid of the Democratic base, what they really mean is we hate our own base. On the other side, I don't think they care about any of that kind of stuff anymore. I think they believe they can do whatever they want because they have, follow me now, in recent years been able to do whatever they want. That might be why they think that. Thoughts? If you got to do whatever you wanted, you might begin to think that you could do whatever you wanted. Your analysis immediately begs the question then, what are their plans to do whatever they want to DeSantis? Because the previous narrative is the Democrats want Trump because they can beat him. Sure. Now you're saying, now you're reading into this, They'd rather have Trump in jail. Well, there again, I, I think I, I, I think I don't think Democrats are a well organized. They're a mob. I don't think they're an oligarchy. I, I don't believe that there is five or six names in the Democratic Party that are are their only you know real donors. Um, it's it's a mob. And so within, I think they have, there's families within a mob. I think there's people in the mob that would rather have run against Trump. People in the mob that were like, let's, um, you know, put him in jail. People in the mob that are like, yeah, let's put him in jail, but let's wait till after he's the nominee and really F him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think that it's, uh, it, 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 the, the Democratic Party is La Cosa Nostra. They all agree in, in um, that pimping ain't easy, but it's necessary. And slang and rock and murder incorporated. They all agree on those things. They just don't necessarily agree on which of those criminal enterprises to manifest or to uh, prioritize at any given time. Um, but I, I, I think it should be, as we sit here on May 9th, it should be at least considered that the odds are every bit as high that he won't be able to run as that he'll be the presumptive GOP nominee. And what was it? May 8th, I believe, is when Cruz dropped out in 2016. It looks like, from what I've seen so far, the calendar for 2024 is going to look somewhat similar to 2016. So about this time, you'd probably know next year who the nominee is or who it's probably on its way of being. I I think that you should consider that. When is the New York trial in December right now, I believe, is when it's scheduled for? He is going to be convicted on every count, I believe. Every single one of them. I think he's convicted right now. I don't think any evidence he presents or says, I don't think any of that matters. So this is a coup. Let's just call it. It's been a coup ongoing for years. Russian collusion was a coup. The 2020 election was a coup. COVID was a coup. Um, Michael Avenatti, Brett Kavanaugh, Julie Swetnick was a coup. Again, anybody who's been a parent for three minutes knows. If you don't punish bad behavior, you get more of it. That's just the reality of human nature. No one has been punished for anything on their side. No one has suffered at all. The only person, people that have suffered are people like Michael Cohen went to prison for a while. Michael Avenatti's in prison now. Those people are all, uh, you know, replaceable. They're not, they have, they, have, they play no real they, they, they play no real role long term in, in the other side. But yeah, I see the photos going around of Ghislaine Maxwell as Bill Clinton was walking Chelsea Clinton down the aisle at her wedding. He just walks right by Ghislaine Maxwell. You guys see those photos? No. But yeah, it doesn't matter. They're not like us. They actually believe what they say and plan on winning. 
They're, they're trying to win. They're not, they're not trying to hold on to a, a, an audience. They're not, they're not, you know, trying to get on Fox News. Well, I don't know who's trying to get on that right now, but you know my point. Mm-hmm. This isn't a business to them. It's a, it's a quest. Well, it's a jihad, but it's sincere, just demonically so. It's not, not like us. They are trying to conquer, and they are trying to win an argument with history. We're, we're just trying to make sure that we can post what we want on our Facebook pages, you know, and that, uh, that uh, you know, I don't get demonetized on, you know, fill-in-the-blank platform. That's all we're trying to do. So I think you should consider that that is a possibility. And I think you should factor that into whatever your current analysis is. To some degree, there ought to be a role for um, lawfare in whatever analysis you have of how this primary is going to play itself out. And I, now I don't know what percentage of that it should be. I just know it shouldn't be zero. Maybe it should be five, 20, 30. I, I don't know what it should be, but it shouldn't be completely neglected and be zero. I just know that. I don't know how high much higher it should be than that, but it's definitely a factor. I think you should consider that about Christmas, they're going to convict Trump of about 34 felonies. I mean, I don't even trust this case with, is this the woman that said that he raped her in the dressing room? Is that the one? I think so. Okay, I I wouldn't even, wouldn't shock me at all if they ordered that to go to trial. I mean, I I just think you should factor some component of lawfare into your analysis. That's all. That's all. I mentioned this ministry meeting I was at last Tuesday. And um, an individual spoke who has had close ties to varying degrees with every Republican administration in the White House going back to Reagan. And over that period of time, has developed a lot of ties with national defense, you know, because he comes from an era where the military was actually our constituency, you know, not the one that's trying to, you know, uh, twerk and drag us uh, to learning Mandarin. You know, the military that we have now, for example. You know, he comes from an era where the military was actually, those were our planes. Those were our tanks, not they're getting ready to point them at us. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. So that's his generation, boomer generation. And so he still maintains a lot of contacts. Here's what he said to us. That he's told about 70% of the CIA is openly Marxist. 70%. Think about that when you see stories that a Jewish lady and a former... Now, I I met his crew. They were great to me. I enjoyed being on their show. But, you know, I wouldn't call Tim Pool a fence-sitter. I think that's going too far. But he's, he's not like... He's kind of a recovering Occupy Wall Streeter. I mean, he's, I think, still discovering what his... What his replacement worldview i think that is still under construction and okay um but consider that when you see stories like this person was radicalized by tim pool and libs of tiktok to go shoot up a mall and and again it's on an Eastern European uh, random yeah, yes, social media uh, yeah, yes. website. Thank you for throwing that in. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I you know, I just, and I, I, I know I, I don't like saying it. And I know it's hard. And I know if you're in the older generation, this is hard to really accept. It's not easy for me to accept. Again, as a kid who grew up in the, we're America bitch 80s. All these institutions are enemies of the United States. 
well, the country formerly known as the United States. That country largely doesn't exist any longer. None of them are on your side. And it, it is rare that you'll even get a fair hearing. That just goes to the conversation we were just having a minute ago about the presidential race. I mean, if you believe that, then you believed a white male was able to create a sniper's nest right there on the Las Vegas Strip and open fire in the worst mass shooting in American history. And he did it simply because he just killed a bunch of rando country music fans because he lost too much at the craps table. I don't know what to tell you. You, be, you also believe that masks, Chinese cloth face diapers, are an effective tool against respiratory airborne viruses. I, I mean, I just don't, I can't help you. If you buy that narrative on any level at all, you're really, I mean, I, you're beyond my jurisdiction and we're strictly in Holy Spirit territory now. You're just lost to the spirit of the age. Like literally none of that is true. Which brings us to Plainview, Texas, and that school. If you're still one of the few remaining saying, I'm not comfortable pulling this stuff, this content out of the schools. I'm not comfortable going after pedo groomers. Well, I'm not comfortable sharing a country with you. Because you're literally aiding and abetting the forces of darkness and the hounds of hell. Six-year-olds don't behave like this naturally. This is learned behavior. Where did they learn it? from the very content, the very groomer content in the schools, the very pedo groomers that take them to BDSM shows and rainbow parades and live twerkings at drag clubs and libraries. Every adult that puts this kind of content in a public setting for children to consume or takes children to the kind of public setting where that behavior goes on should be criminally prosecuted and put in prison every single one every movement and institution that would expose children to that content should be dismantled and destroyed next question no questions asked no hesitation and frankly i'm showing you mercy by even giving you a trial before i throw you in the hole and throw away the hole And no, I will not apologize. You apologize for being a piece of human debris or a coward, but I repeat myself. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. You know, one of the great antidotes to stories like 
the tragedy of what went on there at Plainview Elementary in Texas we were just talking about is looking for alternative education options for your children. That's why I would urge you to check out our friends at Freedom Project Academy. I know some of the people that helped to start this online academy. We fought together against Common Core back in the day. My own son Noah was enrolled for a couple of years as well, so I saw firsthand how effective what they do truly is. They offer live, on-demand homeschool courses, K-12, through fully accredited, based on Judeo-Christian values, classical curriculum, mastery of subject matter, not taught how to be mastered and subjected uh, by the enemy, uh, teaching kids how to think, not what to think. So if that sounds like what you want for your child, you can save 10% on tuition if you enroll today at freedomforschool.com. That's the preposition, not the number, F-O-R, freedomforschool.com. And maybe you're thinking, hey, can I just get more information? Sounds great, but maybe I want to get some more information to see if it's the right fit. You bet. You can get a free information packet there as well. Take back your control of your kid's education. Get the free information packet as well. When you visit freedomforschool.com, once again, that is freedomforschool.com. Well, I know because I've heard from a lot of you over the years on this show that our next guest has a lot of fans in this audience. Pastor Jack Hibbs is here with us from Calvary Chapel Church in Chino Hills, California. And Jack, it's a pleasure to have you with us on the show for the first time. Brother, how are you? Well, I, Steve, I tell you, it's an honor to be on your program, especially in light of, and you've been faithful for so long, but especially in light of your success with Nefarious and uh, just delighted. Just thank you so much. Well, you're going to score me major brownie points with my small group, man, because they're all Jack Hibbs fanboys and fangirls. <laughs> all right. So I'm, I'm getting brownie points with my small group when we meet again tomorrow night as we speak. So thank you for that. Um, I, I want to get kind of your meta take on where we are as a culture and, mm. and, and your take as a pastor on sort of what is a guiding principle for how I am currently doing my show. If you'll give me a minute, just to kind of lay it out and then you take all the time you want to respond. The old era of culture war was really in, in, in America was really an argument between the right and left about the extent of my autonomy and agency as an individual. Not every time, not always, but generally, if you voted of the left, you believed morality was by consent. You believed that as long as what I am doing with my autonomy and agency is with another consenting adult or is not directly harming someone that hasn't consented to my behavior, you have no business interfering in my affairs. Generally, if you were of the right, you thought that there was a higher authority, typically God, uh, and typically the God of the Bible, a higher authority governing what you do with your agency and autonomy than just simply two sinners consenting to sin together in some way, shape, or form. And, and this was, by and large, the, 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 the parameters of the culture war in America post-counterculture, like what's depicted in Jesus' revolution, for example. And that went on for about a generation. The, the new, and, and, and this was really, the sh how much am I free to exploit the desires, drives, ambitions, and instincts that God has instilled in me? Can I break through his guardrails and sin? Okay, that was really the mm -hmm. debate. The new debate is, you don't, whether you have any autonomy or agency at all, compliance is now one of the highest virtues in our society. Whether you are permitted to critically think at all, or you just download and inculcate instructions from uh, an expert class, or usually a sanctioned by the government. And, and now we're not trying to exploit 
um, materially or sexually, the instincts that dr- and, and drives that God has put in us beyond his guidance or his rules, we are now actually denying them. We have gone from, oh no, I might catch my, my son fornicating with his girlfriend when I come home from work early, to, oh no, I came home for work and my son is still living at home without a girlfriend, <laughs> okay? We, we have yeah. gone from Gordon Gecko saying, greed is good, so ambition for ambition's sake is good. No, it's not. Yeah. Two, we yeah, have no right. ambition actually now at all. We won't even take any risks at all. And so that to me is a difference between a culture war about how much does the public or the government have a role in, in um, regulating sinful behavior to now we're in the openly demonic. We are, de- we are denying our base nature and the way that we are, we are made all together. What is your view of that? Well, my view of that is a biblical worldview, Steve, and it's this. I mean, you hit on so many things. Let me start by saying this, that, number one, the scripture warns us that um, when we forsake God, every man will begin to do what is right in his own eyes. I submit to you that we're seeing that now in our culture. We have ejected God from the courtroom. We have ejected God from the classroom. We have ejected God from the public square. Now, the secularist is not going to want to hear that. They're going to say, oh, that's ultimate freedom is to have the yoke of God and the presence of God and your religion uh, taken off of our backs. Well, those you mentioned guardrails. Those are the guardrails implemented by God. If you believe in God or not, here's the beautiful thing about the existence of God, and that is he has established uh, this world. He's given us life and it operates a certain way and so when you begin to say no no it's going to operate the way that i want it to operate then we reduce the entire culture down to the level of a four-year-old that is operating off of emotions without guardrails they're out of control without a parent a kid will crash burn and die and so we're we're as a culture we're walking around now um living and deciding and dictating as though there is no God. And when there is no God, Steve, you know this, in the minds of man, then what happens is man inserts himself as God. For example, California, where I'm at right now, we live under a dictatorial form of government. It's not even a republic any longer. Uh, Why? Because there's a man that says, I don't believe in God, Uh, it's this way. Having said that, Study history, look at history, what works? I'm a big fan of origins. And if you go back to Genesis 1-1, that claim is huge. If it's true, let's see if that data pans out. We have all of history to review to see that what God has engineered, if you believe in him or not, works. What man says is very short-lived. What man says is about one generation long before he kills himself. And so uh, we need to decide now at this Kairos moment of our culture, are we going to get back to the foundations of our pilgrim fathers? Let's remember that, Steve. Our founding fathers built our nation upon the pilgrim fathers belief, which is very simple to find out. Any one of us right now can read the, the two paragraph statement of what is known as the Mayflower Compact and conclude that our nation was founded upon a Judeo-Christian worldview value. Steve, we've got to get back to that value system. And I'm look, I'm, I'm one reporter from one position. I highly believe that now is the time for every pastor to speak up like never before in his pulpit and give that clarion call to get his church, his local city, back to the Bible because everything else has failed us. 
let's go to the Bible. Much of the New Testament outside of the Gospels are what are called epistles or letters, Mm -hmm. pastoral letters, often written specifically to churches or regions uh, of the church that were dealing at the time. And and they deal at the time with very specific challenges that these locations were having. All right. The influence of decadent Greek lascivious immorality in Corinth, for example, the worship of Diana or Artemis in Ephesus down to the the various socioeconomic uh, stature foundation of that culture was predicated on the worship of this goddess. Um, The influence of Judaizers and and people that believed in circumcision as really the the ultimate expression of faith uh, in Galatia. Right there. This is where the epistle writer often Paul is dealing with the very specific challenges threatening the hearts and minds of believers in that community and the ability for the churches in those communities to impact other hearts and minds and turn people into believers, right? We have exactly. a lot of Christianity today that operates as if the, the, these things that are going on outside the city walls of our churches, the, the library down the street where the drag queen story time hour is occurring, all right? And these are all institutions. They come to your church for an hour, hour and a half, maybe once a week. Maybe twice if they serve or there's a midweek event. The rest of the week, they're frequenting all these other population centers of this culture and ingesting all this other worldview and activity. And this idea that we can just stand here and and preach the gospel as a standalone intellectual construct without it ever intersecting with what is polluting the minds and hearts of the people all week long before they ever walk into the church. This is going on constantly within Christianity. I speak to hundreds of thousands of believers on this show every week. And you know what I hear? And it breaks my heart. Why don't I hear from my pastor what you say on your show? That's not the way this is supposed to work, brother. It's supposed to be the other way around. I'm supposed to be way downstream from what guys like you do. Listen, what we are supposed to do as pastors is actually, and I, I say this biblically, you mentioned the epistles. We can even go back to the Old Testament. It doesn't matter that when we stand as the Old Testament called us watchmen on the wall, the pastor today is to be the watchman on the wall for his community. Uh, Steve, I'm concerned. I think pastors care more about their Facebook likes or comments than they do about what God is saying in their message. Are these guys getting the message as they work hard, alone, in the Bible, in prayer, catching fire, as it were, that by the time Sunday shows up, they're delivering not emotions, not feelings, not what, you know, they test the winds of the oh, what's trending, but they, they are literally uh, men of God proclaiming the eternal truth of God and letting the chips fall where they may, because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, they follow me. That's a that's a key. Well, I need to go to a church growth seminar. No, you do not. You need to teach the word of God verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Let God's word do what it does. And then what happens is the Holy Spirit will call people into that church and grow. What's the result? Those people go out. I've got, like you just said, I've got a few hours a week to instill within them marching orders for the world that they live in. And a pastor needs to know the world that his church lives in and know how to combat that. Number one, it's with the word of God, but you've got to equip them to go and face the issues at school on Monday, at the office, at the city center, wherever it's at, they should be able to think critically and articulate why this is right and this is wrong. And let me qualify this, Steve. What why, what right, what is right and what is wrong is not the right and the left. I'm talking about what is righteousness 
and what is unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. The Christian needs to say, look, who am I to judge you, my friend? But the Bible says to you and I that that conduct is unacceptable to God and it leads to death. Their friend might say, yeah, but I, I really feel good about it. I really feel. But listen, so does a guy that's committing a crime. Even Moses said that sin is pleasurable for the season, but it, it has its day where it, it sprouts and it produces the results of your in, of your investment. And it's a dead end. No, my friend, God's got a better way. Oh, don't preach religion to me. And I would say, as I know, Steve, you would say is we don't want anything to do with religion. We want to stay away from you checking a box and being like those in Galatia. Just cut more skin off and get more righteous. No, it's not how it works. You absolutely have a personal relationship with the living God, and that changes you. And here's the beautiful thing about it. Steve, how does someone answer this? Last Sunday, we saw people come to Christ who were 85 years old and nine years old in the church service. How does that happen? The Word of God. It's impossible for a human to reach people. And you mentioned the the work of the Spirit of God. You mentioned repentance, which out repent without repentance, there's no gospel. And yet I, I mentioned you must repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and turn to him. And an 85-year-old and a nine-year-old understands that by the Holy Spirit. What's the result? They leave church and they go back to their home and their community and their community begins to be affected because they actually become salt and light, which is what Jesus commanded us to do. Steve, simply put, it's called discipleship. The church has got to make disciples. Final question. You mentioned Nefarious and one of the reasons we made the movie is to open people's eyes to the open demonic that a lot of what you are slapping political labels on, this isn't political. I mean, that, that's camouflage. These are, this is open demonic influence in the culture. And I don't come from a naturally a charismatic background theologically. So I, I, didn't, I don't have a bias going in to, to look for this everywhere. I'm just understanding the signs of the times, man, mm -hmm. and, you know, and reading the fruit of the trees out there in the culture. And it's, it's fairly obvious. But what do you think as a pastor on the front lines? Well, for those of you who are watching right now, Steve and I would not even be having this conversation unless uh, of Nefarious, because my wife and I saw Nefarious. In fact, we're going to go see it tonight with some friends again. Wow. And here, and here's the thing, Steve, didn't I attract, in fact, Frank Turek gave me your phone number. Didn't I call you out of the blue? And I basically said to you, hi, Steve, this is Jack. And my initial question to you was, how did you know? <laughs> right. How did you know? Yeah. Why? Because I wasn't going to say anything to anybody. But when I watched Nefarious, you exposed what I as a pastor literally have dealt with several times where that movie what captivated me because I've lived that movie. I, I was I was like uh, uh, the guy on the other side. Uh, watching this demonic thing take place. Here's the deal. Friends, everybody listen uh, as this segment comes to an end. Go, go see Nefarious because it exposes, it takes the mask off of what we're seeing in ministry, but what you're living out in life. Mm. There's an agenda behind the physical individual that you're battling. You think you're warring against the school board? 
you're actually not. You're warned against the dem demonic spiritual powers that are manipulating them in their place of power. You think we're really fighting against Barack Obama or Joe Biden? We're really not. We're fighting against the invisible powers behind them. We are literally, as Paul said, wrestling against things that are not flesh and blood, but spiritual entities, principalities and powers. Friends, those things are real. If you don't think so, uh, hang out with me, hang out with Steve. We see this and it's increasing the last three years, Steve, the things that have been going on, we're, we're seeing manifestations mm -hmm. of people and even uh, teenagers and, and 10 year olds that are physically manifesting things in their body, on their body that we've never seen before. How does somebody experience in the night things that are happening to their physical skin, waking up in the morning and, and having these manifestations of clear spiritual manifestations. You say, Pastor, don't say anymore. You're freaking me out. Friends, something's up and nefarious. Actually, if I were Satan, I would not want anyone to see nefarious because, Steve, you have accurately moved the mask off and revealed enough of the enemy's agenda through this incredible, incredible actor and how he just populates that that person of nefarious. Well done, Steve. Very, very kind, brother. Thank you very much. And uh, we will do this again uh, soon. We'll be bugging you again in the future, if you don't mind. Love it. Absolutely. All right. T thank you, Jack. God bless. Take care. Thank you, Steve. You too. You bet. When he started talking about the school board, man, I thought about your video from yesterday. I mean, it's just, that's just not natural human no. sinfulness to want to do things like this to children and cover up when things like these kinds of things no. happen to kids. It's not natural. It's it's unnatural. And that's another realm. No doubt about it. We'll come back with hour two in a moment. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand, right here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. My name is Steve Dace, his name is Totters, and his name is Aaron McIntyre. You have a name, too. Maybe one day we shall learn it, because you have taken advantage of the SteveDace.com inbox to connect with us. You can do that by emailing us, Steve, at SteveDace.com. That is D-E-A-C-E. -E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me. At Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, TikTok. You can also find me on Truth Social there at Real Steve Dace. At Real Steve Dace is where you're going to find me there on Truth Social. If you're a podcast listener, we appreciate you so much. Please show your appreciation for us too. Hit subscribe. Maybe it's follow if you're on uh, an iPhone. You can also uh, give us a five-star review if you like us. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. You have done something to help the show grow. I don't understand what that is. I'm just reliably assured you have, but I appreciate it nevertheless. So thank you for uh, supporting the program and all of you that, that listen to the podcast each and every day and have done those things for us already. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. If you're concerned that it feels like you just can't trust anything these days, you're not paranoid. You're observant. That's why I make sure you're ready to go should Let's Go Brandon really go down. 
Get our friends at My Patriot Supplies emergency food kit last for three months. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. Each kit contains that for three months, stays fresh for up to 25 years with proper storage. You can take right now $200 off each kit, not the total bill, each kit right now as well as free shipping and there you're going to know now you've got peace of mind to know you're prepared just in case check it out mypatriotsupply.com that's where you want to go that's mypatriotsupply.com coming up later in this segment fake news or not tucker carlson it looks like is escalating the war that fox news started with him and they continue to suffer mightily from that um ignoramius uh, idiotic, stupid, I guess we'll just go with a very simple term, uh, decision that they made with his dismissal a couple of weeks ago. We'll get into that. But first, we welcome back my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you again, Princess. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dad? It depends on what you're about to tell me we're going to do. You're uh, going to love this one. Okay. Then I'm in a good mood. All right. That was kind of sarcastic a little oh. bit. Oh. Oh. Okay. Sorry to get That's your hopes right. up there. Yeah, you did. And now you're just going to crush them. <laughs> So, so I've honestly feel like I've been putting Todd and Aaron kind of through the hot seat and through the ringer with you kind of like being gone and everything with everything going on. And a little bit ago, I did, um, I quizzed them about you and I asked them trivia questions about quizzed you. Quizzed Todd and Aaron about Yes. Me. Okay. So now I'm going to throw it back and I'm going to put you in the hot seat and quiz you about Todd and Aaron. Okay. So I'm interested to see how, if you know them better, a little bit better than they knew you, like they didn't even know your birthday. We're guys. No one cares about this stuff. Okay. But that's important stuff. Who's going to wish you happy birthday if they didn't? That's what you have kids for and wives. They do, you guys do that. Okay. Well, we're just going to see if you know their birthday. Cause then if not, then I get to enjoy it. Cause then we watch the videos. Don't so, tell me these are TikTok videos. Yes, again. they are. If you get them wrong, three chances and then a TikTok video coming your way. I'm probably going to get guys. You just need to know. I'm probably going to get them. All oh, wrong. the trains are coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a little funnier this time because now if we have to watch a TikTok video, it's solely only you. It's only your fault. And I, I like that. Do I know your middle name? Have I, I been asked? I doubt it. And that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just, we're, we're, <laughs> we're not we're not like you guys. We don't really care to know all these details. The details we need to know I are... I didn't know that someone's birthday was some, like, hidden gem I know, I've heard this detail. from your mom. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I... It's not like I'm like, what's Todd's second cousin's on his mom's side's name? <laughs> you know? It's like, when was your co-host born? I would imagine there are many guys in this audience right now that don't know their good buddies or co-workers, birthdays, middle names, anything. Don't know anything. Just or names. Or <laughs> maybe your <laughs> names at all. Hey, you. Want to hang out again this weekend? And Indeed. that draws us closer yes, together. Yes, it does. Yeah, it, it, keeps, it keeps the mystery alive. Yes. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, honey. Who do you want to start with first, Todd or Aaron? Um, we'll start with Todd. Okay. Question number one. Which I will get wrong. Question number one. Maybe you won't. Did Todd really say this quote? Okay. Okay. Quote, the best thing we could really do is work as hard as we can for what is right and what is good. Unquote. Did Todd say this quote? I'm going to say no, because I, I kind of know what Todd thinks is the best thing that we could do. And I'm afraid he'll start saying it on the air and cost us all our jobs. <laughs> okay. You do get me. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to say no. That is correct. He All did right. not say that. It was, in fact, AOC who said that. Wow. 
Okay. We're having a bromance right now. We are. I mean, you and I have probably never been closer than no, we are right this no. minute, in fact. Go ahead and tell me your middle name while you're at it. <laughs> I'm swooning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you want to go with another Todd question? You know what it is? No, I don't know. Edward. Is it Edward? Huh. That's a good oh, middle wow. name. Todd Perfect. Edward Ertz a good, that's very Nefarious. Rugal. I like it. Yeah, that's very Rugal. I like it. All right. Are you going to tell him yours? Do you know mine? No. It's James. Like, I've been asked a ton if a certain character in Nefarious is named by a certain Nefarious <laughs> heretical Catholic priest. And of course, all references to all people, either living or dead, who are actual people is purely coincidental. Um, but um, his name is James Martin. That's my middle name. And Martin is actually uh, Chuck Consulman, mm-hmm. one of our writers and directors. That's actually his middle name. Is it so bad that I just put that two and two together that your middle name is James and then his name is James in the movie? I feel kind of bad you just now put that about together that. Just I now? really did. That kind of blew my mind. Do a you bit. even your dad, bro? <laughs> yeah, I don't, maybe I need to be quizzed about That's you. Right. Do you know, know your own dad? <laughs> yeah, like, All right, go ahead. I didn't even know that. Todd again or Aaron? Let's do Todd again. All right, and then okay. I'll do an Aaron. Okay. okay. Stick with the winning streak. All right. When is Todd's birthday? <sighs> and if this, this, I got this right from your Facebook, just so you know. So I, don't be like, oh, that's not, I got it from your Facebook. One of your birthdays, I think, is in March, right? <laughs> I, I'm not going to just... <laughs> the look on your face of just such disappointment in your old man. Steve, trying too hard on this belittles you and belittles all yes, of us. Yes, I, I think it's March something or Aaron's birthday is March something. Okay, go That's ahead a... and play that first TikTok for oh, us. Oh, boy. Oh. Quit asking Santa for the perfect woman. This is the fifth time he's tried to kidnap me. That's my favorite because he... Said, what did I just watch? He says, he says, stop asking Santa for the perfect woman because he keeps trying to kidnap me. That, <laughs> I, you know, what? I think that's kind of funny, actually. I think I, I kind of like that. One. That was not a woman. Oh, then I guess that was straight up dude. Oh, OK. Then. All dude. No woman. I guess I I can't tell in a lot of instances nowadays. Gosh, so, I, that's going to be breaking news. When, that's going to be misgendered, misgendered. Yes. Yeah. When is Todd's birthday? It is. September 6th. Oh, I wasn't even close. Aaron, is yours in March? I don't know. <laughs> That's not a question I have for you, Aaron. No, it's, in, it's in February. Yeah. I was close. It was in a month. Yeah. I was within a month. Yeah. That's good enough. I was, I was Aaron birthday adjacent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in the right fiscal quarter. That's all that matters. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. Aaron question now? Yes. All right. This is the last one. How long have Aaron and his wife been married? Oh, they got married in, uh, they went on that trip right as, they went on like that honeymoon <laughs> oh, trip, like right. As, as many married couples do. Right as COVID was erupting. Like you might have literally been the last two people at Disney World for three months. Um, I'm going to say, so they got married in 2019. I'm going to say four years. Aaron, are you going to accept that response? You know what? I was uh, everything up to that point was like absolutely wrong, but <laughs> oh, I'm actually going to accept that. <laughs> yeah, if you round up, we have been more married for four years. He did you guys take a, a trip to Florida? Like literally, is the right no, before everything 20- shut down? Well, we did. That was not our honeymoon, though. That okay. was just a airfare prices are really low, so we're taking advantage of the okay, pandemic okay. and having a little adventure. Okay. So, honeymoon was 2021. Okay. 
my bad. All right. So I'll accept that as an answer. Okay. Yeah. Then that was correct. I got two out of three. That was good. That's I got to admit, that's two more than I thought I was going to get right. That was good. Yeah. That was good. You're impressed now. Well. The standards were low. When, do you know what day he was born on? Aaron? Yeah. I have no idea. Is it, Val- is, it, is it Valentine's yes, Day? Yes, yes. I was actually going to guess That's that. That's correct. Okay. That now, good. Now, now you mentioned it, it did come to me once that I knew at some point that his, his birthday was on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Two days before mine. Really? See, yeah. That tells us, I, now that you say that again, I know that. But I've known that several times and still managed to forget it because that's because <laughs> it's react. really just not that important. No. It's important so you're for special to us, Aaron. Thanks for being here it, and being born. I'm pretty sure half the population <laughs> is born in the middle of February, and I'm trying to figure out why that is. Well, well, let's see. Uh, to count f- and a, lot, a lot of thank February, you for having March, me. March, April, <laughs> April, May. A lot of May and June uh, weddings. Is that kind of what we're hinting at here? Maybe. A little bit. Maybe. Okay. Anna, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Let's get to fake news or not. Brought to you by Jace Medical. Big announcement by Jace. They have a brand new product coming, the same company that brought you the Jace case. It's called Jace Daily. It's a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to a 12-month backup supply of your prescription medication just in case of... um, emergencies okay just in case of emergencies all right so whether we're talking about medications dealing with uh, diabetes heart health blood pressure even mental health uh, cholesterol and more Uh, absolutely it's a must buy in for your family to be prepared here your order is reviewed by a certified healthcare professional delivered right to your door recently had a chance down and when I was down in Dallas talked to Sean Rowland from who founded Jace Medical and explained about why it is so important to be prepared medically in the wake of what they just put us through during COVID having access to our antibiotics rather than you know deciding to go to war with the country that produces 80% of them like China currently does. All right, so hey, get the peace of mind gained by having this kind of long-term supply of your vital medications. It cannot be overstated for your sake, your family's sake. You need to be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, for Jace Medical. J as in jump at this right this moment. jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code DACE at jacemedical.com. All right, let's go through this article from Axios for fake news or not. It appeared over the weekend. Tucker Carlson is the headline. Tucker Carlson ready to torch Fox News. Tucker Carlson is preparing to unleash allies to attack Fox News in an effort to bully the network into letting him work for or start a right-wing rival. Sources close to him tell Axios. Brian Friedman, the high-powered Hollywood lawyer Carlson retained for the contract dispute, said to Axios, quote, the idea that anyone is going to silence Tucker and prevent him from speaking to his audience is beyond preposterous, end quote. Tucker versus Fox could reshape the conservative news world. Fox, which has seen its ratings plunge in Carlson's slot since he was let go. Remember, I told you at the top of the show, I haven't seen last night's ratings yet, but on Friday, Fox News lost every primetime slot to MSNBC by an average of 30%. Yikes. To the nads. Yes, it is. Um, 
Fox instead wants to sideline him by paying him $20 million a year not to work. Axios has learned Carlson is busy plotting a media empire of his own, but he needs Fox to let him out of his contract, which expires in January of 2025, after the presidential election. We're told, we're told Carlson has been contacted by outlets, and outlets including uh, places like Rumble and Newsmax, that offered to pay him even more than his Fox contract. Axios has learned that Carlson and Elon Musk had a conversation about working together, but didn't discuss specifics. That's my prediction, by the way. Carlson confidants say he is also contemplating building a direct-to-consumer media outlet where his millions of fans could pay to watch him. Carlson's predecessor in his Fox slot, Bill O'Reilly, created a blueprint from this for this previously. Two days after being booted, Carlson teased in a Twitter video posted at 8 p.m. Eastern, counter-programming his former show. Quote, see you soon. The two-minute video has racked up 24 million views as of Saturday. The ousted host knows where a lot of the bodies with Fox are buried and is ready to start drawing a map, said a Carlson source who wasn't authorized to speak publicly. Carlson allies with big platforms are preparing to attack Fox for trying to keep him on the shelf. Bare knuckle brawlers from Trump world are standing by. They're coming to him and saying, do you want me to hit Fox? A close Carlson friend said he's been saying, no, I want to get this done quiet and clean. In a sign of what could be coming, Megyn Kelly hit her former employer for its post-Carlson ratings by tweeting a reference to conservative attacks on Bud Light. Quote, my audience is calling them Fox Wiser. Yikes. Fox News directed Axios to the network statement when Fox and Carlson, quote, agreed to part ways. We thank him for his service to the network. Several embarrassing revelations have surfaced about Carlson from the files of the settled Dominion voting systems case against Fox, including his use of an obscenity about women and a text message in which he said about a street attack. It's not how white men fight. Uh, This is Axios thought these things were embarrassing. Nobody who would ever consider watching Tucker Carlson for a nanosecond did. Carlson's camp says the media suitors have gotten more aggressive about following up on their on their offers, viewing him as all the hotter. So here's what I think this is, gentlemen. I think this is Tucker's camp and I have no inside baseball at all. This is so I'm not saying this with any learned speculation or I'm not in, in, infusing something that I have heard and making it look like a smart take. I'm just looking at this. Um, from the outside, this looks as if a message is being sent to Fox whose ratings continue to cataclysmically collapse. We can do this. We can do this the hard way or we could do this the easy way. Easy way is you just let me go. I move on with my life and my career. You move on with trying to rebuild your tarnished brand, which you tarnished yourselves. The hard way is you just keep taking on water. And I eventually win anyway. So it doesn't do you any good. You're just delaying the inevitable. The hard way, there is no win here. The worst case scenario is uh, January 2 of 2025, I'm back with a vengeance. That's the worst case scenario. You're never totally stopping me. So what are we doing here? You're only harming yourselves. I believe that's the shot fired across the bow here of Fox News. Your thoughts? Well, first, I want to clear one thing up. Even before the leaks, let's say the leaks didn't even happen. Why is why is putting him on a shelf an option? Why isn't that a contract is a two way street? Why aren't they in breach? Because they're paying him. 
Typically, I don't care. He paid to do a specific job. If you if you just said, well, we have to look at how that with the contract. That, that's says, my point, and but, I don't know the answer to that. But okay, if a guy like, like Tucker Carlson, I, I I'd imagine the contract isn't just. Uh, as long as we pay you, we can do whatever we want. Like I don't, to you. I that don't know not... if he is their employee. Like, like we're not employees of the Blaze, as you guys know. They couldn't silence me if they wanted to. They could stop carrying our show. Okay, contractually they can do that, and there's a certain amount of notice they have to give us that we're no longer going to be carrying your show if if we make that decision before the contract expires on December 31st of 2025. Okay, so. But 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 let's let's say they made that decision next week. They couldn't stop me from. It, they would just stop carrying my show. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or our show. So what, we don't know. I don't know if is he in their employer or I'm sorry, is he their employee? In that case, then a lot of times non competes hold up if you're providing consideration and they're paying him his full freight. Then yeah, you know, I don't know the answer to that, and that you know likely gets adjudicated by this employee in, in, in the uh, lawyer that that Tucker has hired. Well, but those are good questions. A non compete is one thing. It sounds like they he's just they're making it sound like he might just be trapped other than getting paid. But this this is a guy who believes in other things yeah. than getting paid. And I don't in today's society. You're you're hired to do it. Man, my God, people are refusing to do jobs because they're not called the right pronoun. You you mean to tell me that Fox News can t tell Tucker Carlson like, oh, right now we you're not going as long as we pay you this money, you're, we we're not going to let you tell the news at all, uh, and we're going to make you clean the toilets. No, no way. It, this this report. And, and the comments from his lawyer seem to confirm what Megyn Kelly said a week ago that she had heard that he actually wasn't fired, but is still in her contract. They're just trying to keep him from talking and being on the air. And that, again, is Fox sending a signal, we hate you. Th this, is, this is one of the worst cell phones in modern media history. This is, this is one of the worst self-tarnishes in modern media history. And, and, it's, and it's largely because it's driven, it's driven by nothing other than the owner of this company's personal spite for his own customer base. And he's just eager to, he's just eager to, 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 to grind that axe now. They, they, this is, in my view, Aaron, this isn't, this is impossible for Fox to win. I mean, there's a, there's another Tucker tape that just came out in, in the last <laughs> half an hour. Have you seen this? Yeah. Where he is openly saying we shouldn't have people working here that have pronouns in their bios. Cause that just means they're working for the, for the other side. And that supposedly is like, I saw my buddy Dan Bongino tweeted out these, these guys are just literally adding zeros to Tucker's paycheck at this point. I mean, you're, you're growing his legend. You're, you're taking on water. You know, and so somebody, and I don't know, I, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not a billionaire. I wasn't raised in a family of them. So I don't, I don't know who speaks to Rupert Murdoch, but if I were his science, if I were his progeny, and I'm going to be the ones that are going to be, they're going to be handed this mess to clean it up in the long run or figure out how to sell it off. I'd be going to the old man right now and saying, Hey, listen, man, on behalf of your grandchildren, just let this dude go because we're we're dying out here. That we're we are killing ourselves with this, and causing potentially irrevocable, irreversible, irreparable damage with what we are doing. When 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 we just don't want him to talk, why? 
because all we're doing is pointing out he's really effective at saying the stuff that we don't think should be said, meaning he violated our Overton window. We're not the ones in charge anymore. He democratized the process. He gave the people, the viewers, more power than we wanted them to have. That's all true, but man, you can't say that out loud to your own customer base. And they're saying it out loud right now, Aaron, over and over. They're screaming it out loud to them as we speak. What are your thoughts? So there's this Vanity Fair article that kind of surfaced a couple of weeks ago in the aftermath of Tucker Carlson's ouster from Fox News. So it's Vanity Fair. Take it with a grain of salt. But I think this is even more personal, not just against uh, the base of Fox News from Rupert Murdoch. I think it's actually personal Rupert Murdoch to Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this, but apparently there was uh, Tucker Carlson um, somewhat recently had dinner with Rupert Murdoch and his now ex-wife, where his ex-wife called Carlson something akin to a messenger from God. Murdoch then proceeded to can her a month later and fire Tucker Carlson. Right after, of course, Carlson made those comments mm-hmm. to the Heritage Foundation mm-hmm. about good and evil. I think this is a guy, Rupert Murdoch, with billions and billions and billions of dollars who on a nightly basis and in meetings like that is confronted with what a real man actually looks like. He's accomplished so many things, Rupert Murdoch, accomplished so many things, built so many empires, the biggest of which, of course, is Fox News and News Corp. And, and all he has to show for that is... Uh, my wife thinks this guy is a messenger from God. Not yeah. Me. Yeah. This is, guys, this is just, a, this is a, a lot of things. It's also an allegory for one, worldly success, two, what a man's ego unchecked will do to him. Amen. And three, I think this is uh, going under the radar a little bit too. You look at the timing of this contract. What is Fox News foundationally? What is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be controlled opposition. We cannot let this guy have an outsized say in the 2024 GOP primaries. That's basically what this is as well. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to accomplish. So I think this story is a lot of things. I think it's becoming more patently obvious to me now. This is not just personal between Rupert Murdoch and Tucker Carlson's viewers. This is personal between Murdoch and Carlson himself, because Rupert Murdoch, he's coming up to the end of his life, and he sees a young man, really. I mean, I don't know how old Carlson is, but compared to Rupert Murdoch, he is a young man. He sees a young man who has his priorities in order, and that is an affront to him. What do you think, Todd? The yeah, the, the talk about Rupert Murdoch. Talk about the transgender crowd. When you boil it down to it, it it all gets so small and so petty, so fast. I, I think Aaron's really, really onto something. We are Steve at the beginning of the show. You said we never punish people, and mm-hmm. what happens? They turn into spoiled brats, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of people. In this culture, due to the inoculation of comfort that they've received, uh, i.e. not being punished in an appropriate way for things that they should have been punished for, I I really think that level of um, cruise control is something that, and I here, 
I was thinking about it earlier in a different context, but Tucker, uh, DeSantis, and Steve, we've had this conversation, and yourself. You are not all the same guys. But this is, I, I've told how you are just, it's clear to me how you just have to be kept in this box despite accomplishments that generically have had a book, a movie, it doesn't mean are about what you, you would be led into the club. You'd be, find you interesting that you, the three people I just mentioned, you, you, Oh, nice Overton window there. I plan on ignoring it at the very least, if mm -hmm. not flat out smashing it. That's what all three of you guys do. There's commonality. It's that is their, um, it's their kryptonite. I can't, I can't schmooze him. I can't manage him. I can't cajole him. Mm -hmm. I can't, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's what we're talking about. So, but it's the same thing Why, with Rupert Murdoch. He's that way, but look at, look at the transgender thing. You won't call me by my pronouns. It's just all so small and so petty. They need you at that, the level of transaction that a lot of these people all need is this fawning, batting of the eyelashes stuff. They're just, it's small, it's petty. You guys won't play. So you have to, at some level, you have got to be diminished and or destroyed. Mm. What's the end game here? To me, I think it's inevitable Tucker wins. We're just debating the timeline and how much more damage and water Fox wants I, to inflict upon itself and take upon itself. I wish I was certain of that. But if you let him, look what they did with Trump. Um... Yes, Tucker can be free and Tucker can be make a lot of money, but here's another commonality that you three have, but it's not easy. And you've admitted as much. It's you you basically to go solo, you have to be say like I'm I'm willing to have nuclear war declared on myself like all the time. Mm -hmm. And that means by extension all the people I love. Mm -hmm. We've seen like you know Tucker in public places get stalked i don't i wish it's yeah yeah as a as a franchise for a while but i don't know what this what you've just got done talking about the cia man the forces of evil at work right now it's not it's not just as easy as oh there's so, fox is so stupid tucker's gonna go make a millions of money we're living in very dark times aaron what do you think yeah. the game is so i think i think the possibility of what you're talking about without saying it specifically, Todd, goes up exponentially if Tucker basically owns Twitter as his platform. Because as we talked about ad nauseum, seemingly, Twitter is where all of the people who create and make culture and news, that's where they congregate. Just imagine a daily basis, Tucker Carlson doing shows and content exclusively on Twitter. What is everyone reacting to all day? Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. That that would be a scenario that would be intolerable to the forces that you're talking about, Todd. More so than Carlson going off and starting his own thing mm -hmm. independently, because a lot of people have done that. Would his be more successful? I'd say undoubtedly so. But going and making your own thing in a place where everybody is, at least in this sphere, the hive. I think that would be oh. intolerable to yes, a lot of people. Yes, because it's one of the few places that something happened that never happens. We've been talking on the show. There was a consequence. Twitter overstepped. Elon stepped in, and it, it's uh, it, what's the close second in recent memory to a consequence like that? You're absolutely right, Aaron, about this. 
it would be unpalatable for them. All right, we'll come back. Going to preview a conference, an important medical freedom conference that I'm going to be speaking at in Boise, Idaho at the beginning of June. And uh, why you uh, want to take part in this conference as well. We'll discuss that here in just a moment. Don't blow it. Mother's Day coming up this weekend. Still time for you to get a hold of our friends over at Books and give mom the happy Mother's Day gift she deserves for all the years she put up with you. You can, uh, you can order some flowers for mom at least once a year uh, through our friends over at Books. Give your mom regular Mom's Day flowers or make her day with spectacular flowers that she'll get from Books. Here's why their flowers are different. They're sourced directly from the best farms, cut fresh so that they last way longer. Um, they offer a huge selection of unique designs you'll never find on other sites. So you can pick whether it's tulips, lilies, the classic staple, the roses. They've got them all. Mother's Day on Sunday, order today. Make sure you don't blow it and get 20% off with the promo code Steve. When you go to books.com, B-O-U-Q-S. Short for bouquet, books.com, B-O-U-Q-S.com, and use the promo code Steve for 20% off. Promo code Steve for 20% off. Coming up, 1st of June, an important conference in Boise, Idaho. I will be one of the speakers there. Uh, The organization that is hosting the conference is here to tell us about it. Brian Festa is here from We the Patriots USA. Good to see you, Brian. Welcome back to the show. So tell us what's going down in Boise. Hi, Steve. Yeah, it's actually June 2nd and 3rd. It's going to be amazing. Um, We are so excited about this conference. This is actually the first national conference that we've ever hosted. Um, We've hosted smaller events, but nothing something of this scale. Um, And it's what's unique about it is that it's bringing together people, not just from the medical freedom space, which is where we've primarily operated for the last several years, but also people from other areas of the freedom movement, as I like to call it. Um, You've got people that are active in the fight for free speech, uh, the fight against transgenderism and critical race theory in schools. That will be discussed. You've got Abby Johnson, who's going to be speaking about the pro-life movement. She's been a pro-life activist for years, former uh, Planned Parenthood executive, and had uh, a book and a a movie about her story. Uh, You, obviously, are going to be speaking. You're a centerpiece. Um, I know you're too modest to toot your own horn, but I'm going to do it if you'll allow me just for a moment, because Steve Dace is going to be not only a speaker at our conference, he is going to be um, signing books at the author book book signing, both A Nefarious Plot and Rise of the Fourth Reich. Uh, We have ordered uh, books for uh, Steve to sign there. Um, Steve also is going to be present at the free screening of the Nefarious movie, which is going to be shown on Friday night of the conference on June 2nd. And Steve's also going to be a guest of honor at our VIP fundraiser dinner on Saturday evening. So if you're a fan of Steve Dace, and I assume if you're listening to the show that you are, Please, please come out, uh, meet Steve, uh, participate in this event. Steve's been a great supporter of ours throughout the years. Uh, He believes in our mission. Um, He's even supported us uh, financially, and he's had me on so many times uh, on this show, and we are just so grateful to call him uh, not only a supporter, but a friend uh, and a brother in Christ. Well, that is very kind, brother. Um, 
I see my friend Peter McCullough is also going to be one of our speakers out there. So at the very least, you are raising the IQ level by including him on your uh, on your dossier. Yeah. Dr. Peter McCullough, who's also a great friend of ours, Dr. Ryan Cole as well. Another friend of mine. He's local here. Yeah, he's local here to Idaho. He's a great guy, very intelligent as well. Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Brian Hooker, who are two scientists uh, who have studied uh, the the science of vaccines for years and years, long before COVID. They're brilliant, brilliant speakers. They're going to be here. Um, and we have um, just, a, a, I talked about Abby Johnson already, Connor Boyack, who's the author of the Tuttle Twin series. So if you want the anti-woke children's books, uh, he is the founder of the Libertas Institute, and he, that Teletent Twin series, uh, my my daughter loves him. She used to meet him and come to the book signing and get an autographed copy of the book. So that's what you get with the book signing. So a ticket to the book signing for $100, you get a lunch included, you get to meet the authors, and you get free autographed copies of the author's books included because our organization has purchased those books already. So we're going to be offering those. So I don't even think, I think that's what, five books? I don't even think you can buy five books for much less than $100, let alone get autographed copies, meet the authors, and get lunch. So it's an incredible deal. Um, That's Friday afternoon, and the dinner is Saturday night. Um, yeah, Peter McCullough, we have um, uh, Kristen Megan, who, who's the host of one of our podcasts, uh, Vets and Visionaries, who is an OSHA expert, industrial hygienist. We also have um, Taryn Gregson, who is the host of Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. She's going to be the MC of the event. So we're excited about that as well. Uh, um, and Dunding, uh, medical freedom attorney, has also done a lot of work uh, fighting human trafficking over the decades. She's going to be speaking there. Jenna Ellis, uh, former advisor to President Trump, um, she's going to be there as well. So the list goes on and on. This is just going, going to be uh, an all-star lineup of speakers, and we just couldn't be more thrilled to have you be a part of it, Steve. Well, I'm honored that you would ask for sure. Are your connections getting a little iffy? So I want to make sure we get out information how people can get tickets before I let you go. So walk us through that, Brian. Where do they need to go if people want to meet, uh, be out there with us in Boise, June 2nd and 3rd? Okay, sorry about that. So June 2nd and 3rd, uh, Boise at the Boise Center in Boise, Idaho. You can get tickets at wethepatriotsusa.org. When you land on our homepage, you'll see a button right there in the center that says National Conference Information. Just click on that. It'll bring you to the conference page where you can buy tickets. So all you need to know is wethepatriotsusa.org. Um, and... And it's like he froze uh, off. Right. So we the org was the we the patriots Yes, we the patriots was the operative. That's website. where you want to go. And I'll be out there the uh, entire weekend. Uh, I think I'm actually going to do the show Friday from out there uh, on there. Um, they've got a press area. So I'll be at the event Friday when we do the day group and um, feedback Friday there that first Friday in June that's where I'll be and then I speak or we're going to show nefarious that night and then I speak Saturday morning late Saturday morning and then we have the banquet on Saturday night so uh, we'll have a book signing on Friday too so I'll be out there the whole weekend if you guys want to join uh, we the patriots usa.org is where you want to go again that's we the patriots usa.org uh, and thank you to Brian Festa and, and that organization they do fantastic work very honored to support them Having been to two medical freedom conferences here in Des Moines, one of which 
uh, the last one of uh, Peter McCuller uh, was president. I got to meet him in person. He was fantastic. It is absolutely worth your time for, from several perspectives. A ton of information uh, that is helpful, but it's also just edifying. It after everything on this issue and several others uh, that we've all gone through and oftentimes feeling like we're going through it alone, which many people, when they tell Steve how they found our show, they just I felt alone. And there you were at the COVID, a light in the darkness. You're around hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who share your world worldview, at least in part on vital issues, if not all together. And at least at the two I've been through, the, 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 the Holy Spirit is alive and well, and they are unashamed about it. It's not like people are trying to sneak it in. Mm-hmm. God is there as well. So if you've got the time and are around boys and can make that trip, if it's anything like the two I've been to in Des Moines, this is absolute. I'd have, it's like the, the point he just made about, I don't think you can buy five books for a hundred dollars. I don't think you can spend money better than at a conference like this. I'm going to be speaking, by the way, on exactly what RFK Jr. alluded to when he spoke at Hillsdale and said, you cannot comply your way out of tyranny. All right. So I've been asked to do this a lot the last few years. I'm going to do this again. Um, and that is we're going to we're going to break down Romans 13. And, and specifically, what does the phrase honor to whom honor is a due? What does that mean? We live, we live fully in a post-Christian era in America now. The institutions that were largely founded in, in, or at the very least inspired by our worldview are almost all weaponized against us now. And so we're going to, we're going to have to learn facets of citizenship that were pretty common for Christians, really pre uh, pilgrims at Plymouth Rock. That's why they had to land at Plymouth Rock because they had to resist. Uh, They had to flee tyranny. It was it was not common for Christians to have some form of cultural hegemony for the first millennia and a half of, um, of the, uh, of, of the kingdom. But it's very uncommon here in the U S it's going to become much more common here in the era in which we live. So how do we navigate that? That's what I'm going to be talking about. So if you guys want to come, we, the Patriots, USA.org. I think Brian also told me my seat or my table at the banquet has two more seats left. If you wanted the VIP package, so you can have dinner. My wife and I are both going to be there. You want to have dinner with us at the banquet. I think there's two seats left there. So uh, we, the Patriots, USA.org. All right, let's go back to the Tucker Carlson conversation, Aaron, because I know there were there was there was an angle to that 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 we ran at a time and you wanted to explore kind of more of a, a meta take. And, and this is a question that I think we had already answered. But I want to know if, in your opinion, your thinking has changed just a little bit. So when you even even when you were at WHO radio here in Des Moines, but definitely when you moved to more of a national bent and a national platform, what is it that you said you were always setting out to do? Just at a meta level, you're trying to make what one of two things, or they kind of go hand in hand, trying to make a biblical worldview mainstream mm-hmm. in America, mm-hmm. or seeing if that can be successful mm-hmm. nationally. Mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson, I think, answered that question. I mean, regardless of whether he was talking about God a lot, the things that he talked about and the issues he addressed and the way in which he addressed them definitely fit the bill of a a view of the world that acknowledges the laws of nature and nature's God. And he was very successful at that. So the answer to that question helpfully was, was, yes, that can be successful at a national level. Has your thinking changed about that in the wake of his ouster? 
No. This is a great question, by the way. No, but let me tell you why. I, I think what his ouster has proven is that this could have always been successful the entire time. Yep. And that's uh, why it was not allowed. And that's why it was not allowed. Yes. That this, this could have been successful the entire time. And that's why it couldn't be allowed in. Um, it's really when you figure that out that you yeah. have figured out a lot of other yes. things as well. Yeah. When I, when I got into this business, I, I really believed I was the avenging angel, that I was going to even the score, that our, our people and our leaders just were marginalized and they, uh, I was going to, I was going to make, I was going to use my platform to even the odds. We ousted so many party people from national committee men and women, party chairmen. I mean, we, it was a purge, man. And put a lot of our people in charge instead. And things not only didn't get better, they, they often got worse. And that has a way of changing your perspective mm-hmm. on things. Um, I, I thought the reason that a biblical worldview wasn't allowed in is because the system wouldn't let it in. And there's some truth to that, okay? But the reality is that the peop- it's often the people that purport to have one won't bring it in, won't bring it with them. It's the opposite, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah, They're yeah. ashamed of it. And when I would ask them to do that, they would turn and resent me by yeah. for asking. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember one of the first impactful interviews I ever did in my career was with a very, at the time, I think he passed away recently, a very well-known and respected uh, leader of the Christian right. Basically, I think ran Dr. Dobson's political arm at the time when he was still at Focus on the Family. And I, I did not intend for this to be some kind of a got you interview or anything. I'm, I, I'm, I'm still a, you know, I'd only been a believer for a few years. I just went through this Iowa caucus cycle where I watched a lot of Christian leaders not support the former Baptist minister running for president and, and support Mitt Romney instead. Frankly, I'm more Mormon than Mitt Romney. He doesn't believe in any Mormon doctrine, the morality of it, none of it. I mean, he's just, you know, I mean, just born Mormon. I mean, I, I just doesn't believe in like any of the moral tenets of his own church. And they supported that guy instead, McCain instead. And I'm like, I didn't understand this. I remember Jerry, the, I remember when Pat, in that cycle, when Pat Robertson endorsed Rudy Giuliani, I'm like, <laughs> I, this is blowing my mind. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still a new believer. It's the first time I've been through this process at this intimate level at all with a front row seat to it and with my faith. So I had all these idealistic views. I'm watching Pat Robertson endorse Rudy Giuliani. I'm watching Jerry Falwell Sr. endorse John McCain, who once called him an agent of intolerance. And I'm like, what planet is this? National Review puts Mitt Romney on the cover. He's the next Reagan. I'm like, I, I just, what? What is this? <laughs> and it blew my mind. And so when that, when that circus left town and that cycle ended and McCain got trounced, like we all knew he was going to, I, I just started doing interviews with, with major Christian leaders. Every Christian leader I could find, I just wanted to know what went on. And I brought this guy on and the interview was a disaster. I mean, he got defensive of me right away. I, I thought he, I was asking questions. I thought he would know. He's my elder. Help me understand this. I don't understand. 
It turns out the answer just basically was, well, we're just not serious about this. We're, we're just here to bargain for a seat at the table. And the polls showed us that Giuliani and McCain could win. So that's why they got the Robertson and, uh, and Falwell senior endorsements. I still remember, I've told you this before on air, but I still remember where I was and what I was doing when I was just a, a listener and you, you and I were friends. And I always get the two, the one's Minnery and what's the other famous interview you've done? It was Richard Land. Was Richard Land. One. I don't remember yeah. which one, but I remember listening. I was mowing the lawn and when it went sideways, when you realized and he realized that, oh, we're going to have, we're going to turn this thing up to 11. And you did. It was not my intention yeah. going into either one of them. Yeah. I, I, I wanted, I wanted to be disproven. I, I, I suspected just because of the way I'm wired when you, when you grow up on a day in, on a daily basis, you don't know if your old man's taking you to Cedar point or beating the poop out of you. You, you. you don't trust a lot. Okay. I'm not, I don't trust very easily. So, you know, I, 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 I had hoped my suspicion was the, all the worst assumptions, but I'm just wired that way because of my background. I didn't want to project that onto my own elders. I had hoped they had answers. Shepherd me. Yeah, you, yeah and they didn't, you, actually. You, you thought that there was something with the structure yeah. of the system that, I just didn't that understand. needed to be fixed. Yeah. And then you found out, oh, no, the foundation's bad. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what the rest of the structure looks like. That's correct. We're not bringing a biblical worldview says to find out who the poll says is going to win and go with that. Well, then, hell, I mean, Polycarp should have, should have bowed the knee to, to Caesar every day. Poll showed he was winning. I mean, that's not a standard. That's not what, that's not the kingdom of God. We, we change polls. We change circumstances on the ground. We conquer empires. We, we, we grind them to dust and ash while the kingdom remains. That's not what we're doing here. And it, it blew my mind. It, it, it just, yes, the system didn't want to let it in, but a lot of the believers that came before us didn't want to bring it into the system either. They were just fine with the system as it was. And that broke my heart. And like a got typical guy, when you break my heart, I get mad. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.